morning. Thank you for joining us this morning. We know this is unusual, but we're thankful to connect with you online. We encourage you to participate with us in worship. Don't just watch, but worship. Stand with us, sing with us, pray with us, read scripture aloud with us, just like you were here. Would you join me this morning? And let's pray together as we begin our morning worship service. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you that we know this did not catch you by surprise. We know that our circumstances today are not a surprise to you. Lord, you're aware of what's going on. And Lord, I pray that today, as we meet together all across Mobile, God, that you would remind us of your word, what it says, that you would encourage our hearts and meet with us here today in worship. Lord, I pray that this would be 
um, a season where revival it comes to your land, where people come to know you. Lord, where we become stronger on the other side of this. And Lord, we will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now sing with us in worship as Pastor Chad and his team leads us this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your steadfastness, for your faithfulness, that we know no matter what comes our way, you are our provider, our protector, and we can trust you.
Come on and just praise him right now. Thank him for his steadfast faithfulness, for his goodness, his grace, and his mercy. You are so wonderful, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for your greatness. Thank you for your holiness, Jesus. We know that you are great and greatly to be praised. The heavens declare your glory.
this chorus. Sing it with us. Great. You are great. Great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great how great is our God. There you go. Yeah, just in unison with every voice. Sing it. How great is our God. How great is our God. Sing with me. Sing how great is our God. How great is our God. Sing with me. Sing with me. How great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God.
Good morning, Forest Hill family. What an awesome time we just had to press into the Lord's presence in worship together as an online community. Now we wanna give you an opportunity to drop your prayer request in the comment section. Our staff is waiting by, ready to agree in prayer over whatever you may be facing during this very tough season. So as you get ready to drop your prayer request in the comment section, I just wanna encourage you from God's word. In 1 John 5 and verse 14, it says this, now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So you can be confident today that if you are asking anything according to the will of the Lord, he is going to hear your prayer. So as you've dropped those prayer requests in the comment section, Pastor Tristan is gonna lead us in a word of prayer. Hi guys, wherever y'all are today, we just ask if you would bow your heads with us and pray and believe in faith for what we're gonna ask for. Lord, we just come to you right now and we just ask that you would give peace to the minds of all of our Forest Hill family. Lord, you know that we're meeting all across uh, this whole entire county, Lord, in our living rooms, amongst our families. And Lord, there are many of our people that may be in fear right now over this going around the, the country, Lord. And we just ask right now that your spirit will just dwell in our houses, Lord. Come be with us. Come give us a peace and a rest and an understanding. Lord, you know all the needs that our, that our congregation is facing right now, God. And I pray, Lord, that you will just meet every need uh, as you see fit. Lord, we trust you. We put our full faith in you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Good morning, Forest Hill family. I'm so glad you're able to join us for our online worship service together. This is the first time I guess we've ever gathered as an online community only, and I'm thankful that you were able to be with us. I'm grateful that whether we're gathered or scattered, we're able to spend a few minutes together worshiping the Lord Jesus together as a community. If you haven't already done it by now, I invite you to hit the share button down on the bottom of your screen and let other people know what's going on. Invite some other people to watch. You may want to drop their name in the comment section and tag them so that they know about this recording as well. And they join us for the service, even right now while we're going live. Tag someone you'd like to see on the video and uh, share it for people to watch a little bit later. That'd be wonderful. We've sung together this morning. We've prayed together. Uh, we're about to hear from God's Word together. And in a few moments, we will even worship together in giving just like we always do whenever we gather every week here at the Hill. Hopefully, if we will all do our part, if we will pray and uh, stay sheltered in, we can help slow down the spread of this virus. And Lord willing, we'll be able to gather again very soon face-to-face -face in our beautiful sanctuary where we enjoy worshiping week by week. But at least for now, you get to be in your pajamas. Right, kids? And uh, I dressed down just a little bit today because I know that most of you are as well, and that's okay. If you have your Bible, I invite you to turn with me today to Jeremiah chapter 29. That's where we're going to be looking. You know, most Christians have a favorite Bible verse, and I bet you have a favorite Bible verse. In fact, I want to invite you to do something this morning. In the comments section below, why don't you drop one of your favorite Bible verses? Maybe the whole verse or maybe just the reference the address where that verse is found, but why don't you share today? I'm sure some people would love to jot down some verses that maybe they're not as familiar with, and it might become one of their favorites too. Uh, I have a favorite Bible verse. I imagine you do too. Share that with one another this morning. There are some common verses that God's people have always loved and that most Christians know, and I want you to read some of them with me this morning, and they'll pop up on the screen there with you. The first one is John 3, 16. I think all Christians, if they only know one Bible verse, they know this verse. Let's read it together. 
For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16 Another favorite verse for most of us is Philippians 4.13. The Bible says in Philippians 4.13, read it with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's a great one. Another favorite is Romans 8, 28. The Bible says, read it with me. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. Amen. That's a great verse. I want to speak to you today from one other verse that is very familiar, and I bet you know it if you knew the ones that I just shared. It's found in Jeremiah 29, verse 11. I want to read from the NIV this morning, and I want to once again invite you to read along with me. Let's read God's Word together. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, 11. Most of us encountered this verse somewhere along the journey, maybe on a graduation card or tucked into a note from a friend. Maybe you were starting a new adventure or a new job or maybe moving to a new city and someone dropped that reference into uh, the bottom of, of, of their card and you went and looked it up and fell in love with that verse. Many of us encountered it that way. But whenever I hear the verse and the story that surrounds it, I sort of feel like one of the characters on that great old movie, The Princess Bride. Uh, my favorite character is uh, Aniga Montoya. And Aniga looks at his friend in that movie and says, You keep using that word, but I do not think that word means what you think that word means. Well, I want to tell you today that we often read this Bible verse, but I don't think that verse means what you think that verse means. Many people look at that verse as just a great promise for everything to go well and for life to always be on the upbeat. But I want to tell you, for the people who first heard that verse, nothing could be further from the truth. This verse was not written to people who were at a high moment like graduation or starting a new job. Oh, they were moving to a new city all right, but they weren't excited about the move. Not at all. In fact, they traveled to their new city in chains. They were being taken there as captives, as slaves by their Babylonian enemies. And the plans to prosper them and not to harm them that God talks about, they were not plans to rescue them from their captors. Instead, this was God's way of announcing that they would be spending the next 70 years in exile in Babylon. Most of those receiving this news would not live to see the gates of their beloved city, Jerusalem, ever again. For them, there would not be a return. For their children or their grandchildren, perhaps. I want to read the verses around the verse that all of us know and love today. I want to go back to verse 4 and pick up the story there. Notice it on the screen with me. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant vineyards and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. 
Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Would you start reading there with me? The words on the screen. Let's read these next three verses together. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Isn't that a great promise? Now hear this last verse. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. May God bless the reading of His Word and all His people said, Amen. Well, I know what many of you are thinking. You're thinking, gee, thanks, Pastor. You just took my favorite Bible verse away from me. Well... If you'll give me just a minute, I'll give it back to you. And I think you'll still love the verse as much as I do. How do we respond to a crisis? The crisis is what these people were facing. And this verse, as you understand, was meant to help them get through the tough time. How do we do that today? Well, just like the people in the text today, you and I can find comfort in God's Word and figure out how to best handle the crisis. Let me give you three steps. Number one, what Jeremiah says to the people of God is, you've got to face the facts about it. They had to face the difficult facts. Verse 10, this is what the Lord says, When 70 years are completed in Babylon, then I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. A group of false prophets had assured God's people that they would never go into exile. Then they did. Well, now that they are in exile, that same group of false prophets change their sermon notes and they come back and say, well, we may be here, but we won't be here long. God's going to rescue us. God's going to turn it all around. Don't unpack your boxes. Don't settle in. We're not going to be here long at all. Just give the Lord a few days and we'll be right back in Jerusalem. He's going to turn everything around for us. Jeremiah knew that they were lying. They had not heard from God. And the prophet basically says what we've all heard our mechanic, or hopefully not our doctor, say before. I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. And that's what Jeremiah says to the people on this day. First of all, the good news. Unlike the ten northern tribes of Israel who went into exile and never made it back home, God's going to return the Judeans to their home country one day. God's going to restore Judah to their homeland. That's the good news. This is temporary. The bad news, Jeremiah says, it's going to last a little longer than you thought, longer than you wanted it to. In fact, God even gives them a timeline. Seventy years you'll be in exile. Basically, Jeremiah says they must accept the hard truth that not only are they in Babylon, but they're going to be in Babylon longer than they wanted. There comes a time when we have to deal with what is and not what we hoped would be. None of us hoped that COVID-19 would come to the United States. None of us wanted uh, restaurants and churches to close. None of us wanted businesses to fail or people to temporarily lose work. None of us wanted school to be canceled. What's that? 
well, I think maybe some of the kids watching would disagree with that. You probably did want school to be canceled, but you certainly didn't want to do it online, and some of us will be doing that in a few days. Friends, like you, I look forward to the day when everything goes back to normal and we can watch our favorite sports team or dine at our favorite restaurant and most of all, gather for worship here again, as we all love to do. For some of us, this is more than just an inconvenience, though. It's a real threat. Some of us today are really nervous and anxious. Maybe it's a physical threat today. Maybe you're elderly or otherwise at risk. Maybe you've been a chemo patient and your immune system is compromised. Maybe you have an autoimmune disease or maybe you're on strong medication or you've been a transplant patient. I don't know. Maybe your loved one is at risk and you care for them at home and you fear bringing something in from the community and exposing a loved one to this sickness. Maybe it's not a physical threat. Maybe for you it's a financial threat. Maybe you were laid off work with no pay. We've heard very sad stories all week long of businesses that have had to temporarily shut down and because they aren't making anything, they aren't able to pay anyone anything and people have been sent home from work really with no income. That's a very difficult place to be. Maybe you learned this year that your school has canceled graduation or maybe you're worried that you'll even be able to finish this semester. Maybe you're afraid you'll have to repeat a semester. Maybe you're fearful your business may not make it through this and there may not be a reopening date for you and you may be looking for something else. Can I just say today, it's all right to be honest. It's okay to admit that this is a tough season and that maybe you're struggling to hold on to your confidence about the future. We don't know how long this will last. We don't know if restrictions will grow. We don't know how many people will get sick or what the financial damage will be. We're concerned collectively and we're concerned individually if we're honest today. Just like the folks in Jeremiah's day, none of us likes uncertainty. None of us wants to deal with bad news. And it's okay to feel your feelings today and grieve what's happening to us. Sometimes though we have to face the hard facts. Sometimes trouble lasts longer than we hoped it would. Sometimes instead of rescuing us from our problems, He walks us through them so we can grow up in God and become mature in Christ. Like it or not, friends, and most of us don't like it, we are where we are, and it's okay to be honest and admit that it's tough. They had to face the hard facts about it, but number two, they had to make the most of it. And I want to urge you today to turn the corner with me and let's make the most of the season we're in. Verses 5 through 7, this is exactly what Jeremiah recommends to the people. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters and find wives for your sons and daughters to give in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number, do not decrease. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city where the Lord has taken you. Because Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you will prosper too. In the meantime, God tells them to make the best of a bad situation. Don't waste away grieving the past and don't waste your time worrying about the future. Instead, God says, live in the present. I heard one reporter this week simply recommend don't futurize and don't catastrophize about tomorrow. I don't even know if those are verbs, but I like them. We shouldn't be so fixated on tomorrow that we lose sight of the opportunities we have today that God's given us. Build houses, plant vineyards, grow gardens, raise a family, be good citizens of your city. That's what Jeremiah says. That's a good word for us today. 
In Matthew 6, 34, we read it last Sunday morning in our corporate worship service when we were still able to gather together. Uh, I want you to read it with me again right now on the screen, Matthew 6, 34. Let's read it. Jesus said, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Can I challenge you today, instead of worrying about what you cannot change, that you make a plan about what you can change? I want to urge you to make a plan of action for your family today. How will you make the best of it for the next few weeks? I urge you, let's lean into the slowdown. In a world where no one honors the principle of Sabbath anymore, where we're constantly moving, where we're plugged into our technology from daylight to dark, maybe God is forcing us to slow down and reevaluate just a little bit. Don't waste this time binge-watching television or zoning out on the PS4 for the next two or three weeks. Don't just clean houses and organize junk drawers and uh, revamp your closets. No, spend time together as a family. Develop a habit of daily time in prayer and reading God's Word. Establish a family altar. Read a devotion. Sing a chorus and pray together around your table. Pray together, but don't just pray together. I urge you also, let's play together. Many of our families never take time to disengage and just have fun with each other. Watch a movie, play a game, look through an old photo album, break out your high school yearbook, mom and dad, let the kids see what you used to look like, you know, before your hair turned gray or before it turned loose. Let them see how things used to be. Pray together, play together. As I mentioned earlier on a video a couple days ago, our mission as a church has not changed whether we're gathered or whether we're scattered, we're still called to do the same thing. To gather in worship, to grow in discipleship, and to go live lives of purpose for God's glory. I want to challenge you over the next few days to find creative ways to do those three things. To gather, to grow, and to go. I urge you, find a plan. Craft a fresh idea of how you can do that effectively. And then, you know what I want you to do? I want you to share some of your best ideas. In fact, in the comment section after the message today, I invite you to drop one idea of what your family is going to do to gather, to grow, or to go and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Share your ideas. Then I want you to do something else. I want you to take a picture of your family doing that, either praying, playing, or serving together. And then I want you to drop it on our Facebook page. Share it in your online group. Share it with your class. So, uh, do something to let us know that you are tracking with us on this. Tag us, the Forest Hill Church of God, in the post. Let's face it. We are called by God during this difficult time to face the facts about where we are, to make the best of what's going on around us, and finally, not only to face the facts about it and make the most of it, but thirdly, to trust God to get us through it. And that's what I want to leave you with today. The verse that we all know and love, verse 11. In fact, verses 11 through 13. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. After the bad news, Jeremiah delivers the good news. He turns their attention to the future and reminds them that God still has a plan. Maybe it's not the plan you thought, and that's okay if it isn't, but God's plan is still a good plan. What catches most of us off guard is He doesn't always bring us into the loop about His plans before He executes them, right? 
none of us expected to be in this situation a week ago or maybe even a couple days ago. But you know what? Just because God didn't share His plan with us doesn't mean He doesn't have a plan. God is still on the throne. He still has us in His hand. And He is still moving us in His purposes. And we can trust that. Even though it feels like they would be in Babylon forever, God promises they wouldn't be. He even gives them a timeline. As my senior adults always remind me, whenever things are difficult, they say, Pastor, this too shall pass. It will. I always joke back and say, well, it may pass like a kidney stone, but it'll pass. You're right. The preacher reassured his people in Babylon that they were not at the mercy of the Babylonians. No, they were still in the hand of God. And likewise today, we're not at the mercy of the coronavirus. We're not at the mercy of our employer who may or may not be able to call us back soon. We're not at the mercy of the college or school where we attend. We're not at the mercy of the government who sets restrictions about our gathering sizes. No, we're at the mercy of God and that's always a great place to be. We're in the hand of the Lord. He has a plan and He's working that plan even though it's hard to see and God will redeem even this. As bad as the exile was, God, God brought something good out of it. The people of Judah were never the same after the exile. They were never the same. They abandoned their idols and they returned to the Lord. And they never did go back into the trap of idolatry again in their history. God really did accomplish His purpose in that season for them. They turned away from idols back to the true and living God. I don't know, maybe the Lord is trying to turn us away from some substitute saviors that we tend to give all of our time and attention and energy to. An unknown author said these words. I don't know who wrote it, but I believe he's right. He said, when God doesn't have our full attention, He often disturbs whatever does. People have refused to slow down and focus on their families and honor the Lord's day. And it looks like, at least for the next little while, God has suspended our interaction with many of those things. Many of the things in our culture that we often think are not a big deal are, can become an idol for us. Entertainment, sports, shopping, making money, advancing our career or our education. The exile had a way of resetting the Judeans from their idolatrous ways. Maybe the Lord wants to reset us in some ways as a people, as a family, as a believer. The exile not only cured them from their idolatry, but it also cured them from their entitlement. You see, the Judeans had sort of begun to take for granted that they were God's people and God's blessings were just going to flow no matter how they treated God or how they treated their neighbors. God had a way of getting their attention with this, this crisis. You know what? I don't know about you, but I think I'll be a more grateful person on the other side of all this. More grateful for the big things like a steady job and good health the freedom to gather in worship, the freedom to attend a college or work a, work a career job. I, I'm thankful for those things. I think we'll even be thankful for the small things we've taken for granted, like our favorite restaurant or watching our favorite sports team on television or even a cabinet full of toilet paper, right? We'll all be more grateful for the little things. Maybe this crisis has revealed some changes that we need to make, just like it did for the people of Judah. Maybe you need to make some changes to your budget to pay down some debt to put some money in savings, to live within your means because we've realized just how quickly we can be placed in a financial crisis. Maybe there's some changes that we need to make to our calendar to make more time for family, for church, for serving, for volunteering, or just for focusing on our own walk with God. 
maybe our walk with God is the major area we need to make changes. Maybe we should become less dependent on the church service or the Bible study that our life group leader presents or our growth group leader on Sunday night. Maybe we should have our own relationship with Jesus. Maybe we should be reading the Bible and studying it for ourselves. Maybe we should develop a family altar where we're discipling our kids and just, instead of just depending on Pastor Tristan or Pastor Austin and what they do for us through the week. Maybe it's time for us to strengthen our own devotional life instead of just leaning on my message on Sunday or Pastor John's college and career Bible study or your life group leader's input. What's the takeaway for us today? Well, it's just three things. Number one, let's face the facts about our current crisis. Prepare for the worst, but believe for the best. And in the meantime, number two, make the best of it. As the old people said, bloom where you're planted. Let's make the most of this time. Don't wait for everything to get back to normal and fret away the current season. Use this time. Don't waste it. Invest it. Deepen your walk with God. Disciple your children at home. Spend time with your family. Enjoy your kids. Reconnect with your spouse. Reach out to your neighbors. Check on the people around you who are most vulnerable during this time. And finally, number three, trust God to get you through it. Instead of asking God to bless our plan, it's probably time that uh, we just trust God's plan and allow Him to walk us through this in His own time and in His own way. To believe that God knows what He's doing, even if we can't see what He's up to. Remember Romans 8, 28, that other favorite verse? And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. Hear me today. Our verse 23, verse 12 and 13 of our text remind us that all we can do in moments like this is seek the face of the Lord. Hear these closing verses. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Can I ask you today, are you trusting in the Lord? Let me ask you this today. Have you ever trusted in Jesus Christ? Maybe you've never trusted Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you're not part of our congregation and someone tagged you and you started watching and this is all new for you. Maybe you wonder, Pastor, how can I even begin a personal relationship with God through His Son, Jesus? Well, it's really as easy as A, B, C. A stands for admit. You admit that you don't have a relationship with God, that sin and you're making, running your own life and making your own choices have separated you from God and there's a distance that needs to be closed. Admit that you're a sinner and that you need to be saved and you need God to rescue you from your sins. The B stands for believe. Believe that God sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross and rise from the dead for you so that your sins could be forgiven and the thing that separates you from Him could be taken out of the way. Jesus died and rose to remove your sin from between you and God your Father. Believe that. Trust that today. Trust Jesus, His death and resurrection to be your salvation from sin. And then C stands for commit. Commit your whole life to Christ. Say, Lord, if you will save me from sin, I will serve you and live the rest of my life for you as you give me the grace and show me what that means. Maybe you're here today and you'd like someone to pray with you about that decision to follow Christ, to trust Him for the very first time. I urge you to call us right now. There's a pastor on call and someone would be available to pray with you. The number is 251-345-1700. You can find that number on the screen there and you can call us. 
If you were to take a moment and call and the line's busy, leave a voicemail or call us back. We will touch base with you today and pray with you to receive Christ and show you what your next steps would be. I want to say thank you for joining us today at The Hill. In just a moment, our media pastor, John Vela, is going to share with you how you can support our ministry by dropping a donation in the mail or even giving online or through our text to give option. Don't forget to share your plan and share your pictures with us here at the Hill of what you're going to do and then uh, the evidence of what you've done uh, to gather, grow, and go this week in some creative ways. If you're part of the Hill Students group, you've got a Zoom call Wednesday night. You're going to gather together for the Hill students that way. Other groups, be on the lookout for ways to connect with your groups and Bible studies online. You'll be seeing them pop up all over social media. Don't forget, if you have a need uh, during this time, if you need to speak with a pastor, that number is 251-345-1700. You can direct message us right there from the Facebook page. You can reach us on our social media sites. Most importantly today, can I urge you, check on your neighbors. Check on those around you and share with them as you have opportunity. That would be well-pleasing to the Lord, to love our neighbors as ourselves. I want to pray with you before I go and then speak God's blessing as we always do every Sunday. Would you bow your hearts with me for prayer? Father, in the strong name of your Son, Jesus, we thank you that even though this was not ideal, we've been able to gather for a few moments to worship, to pray, to hear your word, and to give. And we believe that we're going to not only gather to worship, but scatter to serve you all over Mobile and Baldwin County for the next few days. Bless us as we do that. Turn the hearts of people towards you. If there's one watching who's never trusted Christ, let them call that number and let today be the day they begin a relationship with God through His Son, the Lord Jesus. Draw them by your Spirit and we'll thank you for all of this. Lord, I pray for those today who are facing a difficult time. Maybe they are afraid of this virus because of their health. Maybe today they're facing financial difficulty because of a slowdown at work or maybe they've been sent home without pay. Lord, I pray today that you would meet every need, that you would touch them and you would keep them in your peace. I pray that you would provide for them as only you can. Lord, as Pastor Austin shared in the kids' sermon today, just like bringing money out of the fish's mouth, may you provide miraculously for them. Lord, I pray that you would keep us safe and those we love. I pray that you would continue to bless our elected officials and our health care professionals as they try their best. And Lord, help us to do our part by sheltering in to slow the spread of this. And Lord, may you help us as we walk through this together and love our neighbors as ourselves in Jesus' name. Now receive this blessing from the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift His countenance upon you and grant you His peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. See you soon. Here's Pastor John. We hope you were blessed by today's message. Many of you have asked, how can I continue to financially support the church during this time? Well, we have several options for you. You can go online to our church website, www.foresthillcog.org, and click on the Giving tab. Also, Text to Give is available by texting 251-202-4764 and following the instructions. And finally, simply by just mailing your tithing and offering into our church, to our church office. Also, don't forget to continue to follow us on all our social media platforms. We have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Once again, thanks for joining us today.